Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, Jerajam, no, Abijam, <laughs> Abijam became king of Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Maacah, the granddaughter of Abishalom. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before, that, before him. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as, the heart, as was the heart of his father David. Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave, them, gave him a lamp in Jerusalem by setting up his son after him and, be, and by establishing Jerusalem. Because David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except for the matter of Uriah the Hittite. And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. So Abijam rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa, his son, reigned in his place. Now, as we go back and cover the first six verses, um, a couple of weeks ago, in our last study of, our la of the last chapter that we covered, uh, we learned that Jeroboam died. But he outlived Rehoboam. Jeroboam being the northern kingdom, Rehoboam being the southern kingdom. <clears throat> so <clears throat> it was in the 18th year of Jeroboam's reign in the northern kingdom that Rehoboam died and Rehoboam's son began to reign over the southern kingdom Abijam. Now, when we read this story or this account in 2 Chronicles 13, Abijam goes by the name of Abijah. Now, most believe that Abijam was the name that he used for his weekend job, was, which was a DJ. Abijah Jam. That's why he went by this name here. No, I'm kidding. Um, most don't believe that. Nobody believes that except my little pea brain. Because I'm trying to figure out, it's like, why the difference? Because when you go to, to that text in First or Second Chronicles 13, it is Abijah. But be that as it may, more than likely, it is to distinguish him from Jeroboam's son, Abijah, who had been sick and died in our last chapter. It's interesting because we have a, a Hijam or, or a Hijah and Abijah, and, and, and you can get confused. And that's another thing that can confuse you a lot of times when you start getting into all these names because here it's Abijam, but over there it's Abijah, and it's the same guy. And we're going to see that with a couple more names here. But Abijah goes down in history, or he goes by the name Abijah that he goes down in history as being the second king of the southern kingdom. And it is the name Abijah, not Abijam, that gets into the genealogy of Jesus that we covered in Matthew chapter 1. And so his name is Abijah, but here in this chapter, and for our sakes this, this evening, we will go by his weekend name, Abijam. Okay? Abijam. So Abijam only reigned for three years. Now, we don't know how old he was when he began to reign and when he became king, but he was old enough to have 14 wives. He had 22 sons and 16 daughters. 
And we get that from the, the, the other text in Second Chronicles. So he was old enough. Now we also know that his mother, her name, or she was the granddaughter, her name is Ma'aka, Ma'aka, and, and she was the granddaughter of, of a guy here, it's Abishalom, which is Absalom, if you remember. Again, I don't know why the names are changed. But she, he was, she was the granddaughter of Absalom, David's son, which was the brother of Solomon, who was the grandfather of Abijam. And so again, I hope you're taking notes on all of this stuff. Abijam was the oldest son of Rehoboam. And Rehoboam himself had 18 wives, 60 concubines. And so Abijam was the oldest of all the brothers and sisters. He had 28 brothers and 60 sisters. And he is over all of them. And we know from the other texts that Abijam, he, he oversaw all of them. He, he was like the, 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 the secretary of all the people. He, he was the administrator of all his family. And he is the one that sent them in different places. And so he kind of oversaw the whole family, which was a huge family. He attended to their affairs and took care of a lot of those things because it says in the other texts, that his father intended to make him king. And so now we see that he is made king. He has become king because Rehoboam, his father, has died. And in verse 2 it says, and he reigned three years. He was was to, to follow in his father's footsteps, which he did. But he only reigned for three years, but he walked in the sins of his father. And if you remember that, that Rehoboam, again, he followed after his father's footsteps because Solomon began to marry so many wives and there were so many different gods that he began to bring in other gods into the nation of Israel. And he introduced them into worshiping idols and images and all these kinds of things. And so Rehoboam followed in his dad's footsteps, and he also did the same thing. It tells us, it told us in the last chapter that he continued to do evil in the sight of the Lord as far as Judah was concerned, that nation, the southern kingdom. They continued to do evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy. And so Abijam is following along in his father's footsteps. And he walked in the same sins as his dad. His heart was not loyal, it says. But how could it be? How could it be loyal to the one true God if the one true God had just become one of many gods that they were now serving? But understand this. He had never forgotten who the one true God is, but he was not... He did not walk in loyalty to him. As I shared with you about, about Rehoboam, how could you forget the one true God when you walk out of the palace and there's this humongous temple that, 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 that your dad, your grandfather has built that reminded you of, of who God is and that is where he dwells. His glory dwells there. The Ark of the Covenant is there. How do you forget that? Except that for the fact that you're building other t- other shrines in, in the high places and, and, and there's, there's images and stuff like that. And so he just becomes one of many gods. And that's what often happens when, when we know who God the Father is and that Jesus Christ is Lord of all and He is, he is, he is in our life. And, and yet we get, we get our eyes off of Him and we begin to see other things in our lives And God just becomes one of many gods in our lives. And you would never call your kids or your family or your car or your house your gods, but we end up focusing on them and we forget the one true God. And we need to be careful with that. Because it became really easy for them not to be loyal to God Almighty, the one true God. He walked 
in the footsteps of his father and of his grandfather. It was hard because his heart turned to those things. And that's why we always talk about our hearts. Where is your heart? (laughs) And oftentimes our hearts can get hard or can get upset or our hearts can get hurt. And all of a sudden we we put the focus on other things and, and our loyalty is not where it should be. There was no way that they could have the loyalty that, that his great-grandfather had, David. Now, even though David had many wives and he dealt with so many things, his heart never was turned to those other gods. Oh, he had other issues that he, that he turned to. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But he was never accused of doing what Solomon, Rehoboam, and now Abijam was doing, that they were not loyal to the Lord. One, one, one of the things about David, even though he had his hang-ups and stuff, and he reminds us here, you know, that, that David did what was right in the sight of the Lord, oh, except for that matter about Uriah, the Hittite, the guy he murdered because he committed adultery with his wife, that incident. You see, he wasn't perfect, but he was never accused of being disloyal to the Lord. Because one of the things about David is he knew how to repent. He knew how to humble himself. He knew that when, when, when he, he started doing the things in and of himself and he got in trouble or he got, he got veered off, he always knew where to turn back. And the nation of Israel, we're going to see, they knew that too. But oftentimes they lingered over at the high places. They lingered in other places to where they, the... The mantra or the, what they're known for is that they did evil in the sight of the Lord. They weren't faithful to the Lord. They weren't, they weren't loyal to Him. Again, he, David had other issues. But I love the fact that for David's sake, God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem. It wasn't because of who he was or anything like that. It was because of the promise that God made to David that for some reason he allowed Solomon, Rehoboam, and now uh, Abijah to have this lamp in Jerusalem. You see, God had never left them. Oh, they would go play the harlot in other ways, but God had never left them. And God, for, for the sake of David... There was a lamp that remained in Jerusalem. In other words, God's favor was still in Jerusalem and upon the southern kingdom. Because David did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And that is a phrase that we will hear often. That he did right, that some did right in the sight of the Lord. Not as much as we will hear And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Besides that incident with with Uriah, besides that, there was a consistency in doing what was right in the sight of the Lord with David. There was something about that, that that caused God to say that he was a man after his own heart. There was a consistency in turning back to him when he messed up. There was a consistency of repentance. There was a consistency of walking with God on a regular basis. And that's why we look at David and, and we often look at him and going, that's the man here. He wasn't perfect, but, but there was something about that. And there's something to be said about consistency. God was not requiring perfection from these kings. He knew that his nation wasn't perfect. God never requires perfection. But what he wants is obedience. What he wants is repentance. What he wants from us is consistency in walking with him. Because we're all falling in different areas of our lives. We all have issues going on in our lives. But there has to be a consistency that maybe you might, might be going, oh, I am such a wicked person. Like, oh, I blow it and this and that. But other people are going, there's something that you do right in your life. And you're going, 
if you only knew what my little Pebrin was thinking. But they're going, but you're always kind. You're always seeking the Lord. You're always praying for others. There's always something. See, see, David could disqualify himself from following the Lord, you know, because of what he has done in his life. But there was a consistency that other people, even God said, now there's a man after my own heart. And other people see that. And I don't know if that's ever happened in your life to where people are looking at you and going, how do you do it? And you're going, do, do what? How do you do life? I know you're struggling. I know you're going through this. I know, but it never seems like you're down. And you're going, oh my gosh, I'm always feeling like my life is a mess. But they're going, but I can't see that. Because there's a consistency that's happening in your life, whether you realize it or not. Because of your faithfulness to his word, because of your faithfulness in prayer, because of your faithfulness in fellowship, because of your faithfulness in giving to others and ministering to others, of giving of yourself, people look at you and you're going, man, you must be perfect. You're going far from it. But there's something to be said about consistency. What we'll see in a bit about Abijam is that he knew what God had done in his life. He knew what God could do, and he knew what God would do. But he was never really known for that, for trusting in the Lord. But he knew it. He knew about that. And it says in verse 6, And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life, all the days of, of, of uh, Abijam. He, there was war between his father his, the king and the other king, Jeroboam. And because Jeroboam would, would reign for 22 years, the northern kingdom, he would deal with a few of the kings from the southern kingdom. And all his life, I don't know how old he was, but there was war between the two kingdoms. And Abijam was old enough to see it and to be a part of it. What kept these two nations warring, what kept the war up was pride and power that these two kingdoms wanted. You see, they were family, and they continued to be family. They never stopped being family. They all came from Jacob, all the 12 tribes, and yet there were split and there was wars between the two. The pride and power didn't allow humility or humbleness to come upon them. And many would get hurt and many would die because of pride and power. But that's what pride and power does. It does that to nations and it goes all the way down to relationships and families. Pride and power. Trying to get your way not giving an inch because then they think you're a sucker or something. <laughs> and it's like pride and power. Fighting for those things will ruin nations and they will ruin relationships in our lives. And it is humility and humbleness that often, if not always, heals people and nations. But we don't see none of that going on here, and that's what happens in people's lives as well. Verses 8 and 9, or 7 and 8, it says, In the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. And so Abijam rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa, his son, reigned in his place. Now, this portion, I want to turn over to Second Chronicles 13, just so we can get a little fuller picture before we leave Abijam, who is over here, Abijah. And then we'll go back to our text. But I want to read the whole chapter. It's not that long, but I'll try to get through it real quick. It says in, in, in chapter 13 of Second Chronicles, in the 18th year of King Jeroboam, Abijah became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. 
And his mother's name was a different name than we read over there. Um, and verse 3, Abijah, or no, Abijah, set, set the battle in order with the army of valiant warriors, 400,000 choice men. Jeroboam also drew up in battle formation against him with 800,000 choice men, mighty men of valor. And Abijah stood on Mount Zerahim, which is on the mountain of Ephraim. And he said, Hear me, Jeroboam, and all Israel. Should you now, should you not know that the God of the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever to him and his sons by a covenant of salt. Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, rose up and rebelled against the Lord, his Lord. Then worthless rogues gathered to him and strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. Then Rehoboam, when Rehoboam was young and inexperienced and could not withstand him. And now you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hand of the son of, sons of David. And you are a, a great multitude. And with you are the gold calves with Jeroboam made for you as gods. Have you not cast out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and made for yourselves priests like the people of other lands, so that whoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bull and seven rams may be a priest of things that are not gods? But as for you, the Lord is your God, and we, but as for us, the Lord is our God. And we have not forsaken him. And the priests who minister to the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites attend to their duties. And they burned to the Lord every morning and every evening burnt sacrifices and sweet incense. They also set showbread in order on the gold, on the pure gold tables and lampstands of gold, and its with its lamps and every burnt and, and burn every evening. For we keep the commandment of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. Now look, God himself is with us as our head, and his priests have sounded uh, with sound, sounding trumpets to sound the alarm against you, O children of Israel. Do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you shall not prosper. But Jeroboam caused an ambush to go be, uh, around behind them, so they were in front of Judah, and ambush was behind them. And when Judah looked around, to their surprise, the battle line was at both front and rear, and he cried out to the Lord, and the priests sounded the trumpets, then the men of Judah gave a shout, and as the men of Judah shouted, it happened the Lord struck Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their land, into their hand. And then Abijah and his people struck them with a great slaughter. So 500,000 choice men of Israel fell slain. Thus the children of Israel were subdued at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed because they relied on the Lord God of their fathers. And Abijah pursued Jeroboam and took the cities from him, Bethel and its villages, Jesaah and its villages, and Ephraim and its villages. So Jeroboam did not re recover strength again in the days of Abijah and the Lord struck him and he died and so we get a picture of what is going on 
with Abijah and Jeroboam, that there was war between the two. So as we go back to our text, so we know that now he is dead, uh, Abijam or Abijah, and now his son reigns in his stead. And verse 9, it says, In the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Asa became king over Judah. And he reigned 41 years in Jerusalem. His grandmother's name was Ma'akah, the, daughter, the granddaughter of Abishalom. Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did his father David. And he banished the perverted persons from the land and removed all the idols that his father had made. He also removed Ma'akah, his grandmother, from being queen mother because she had made an obscene image of Asherah. And Asa cut down all the obscene images and burned them by the brook Kidron. But the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was loyal to the Lord all the day all his days. But he he also brought into the house of the Lord the things which his father had dedicated, and the things which he himself had dedicated, silver, gold, and utensils. So now we have gone through Rehoboam and Abijam to Asa, which means that Jeroboam has dealt with all three of them. But Jeroboam will be dying in the next year or so, and so his reign would be 22 years. So Asa becomes king of the southern kingdom. It doesn't tell us how old he was, when he became king, but it does tell us that he reigned for 41 years. And he would deal with about seven kings from the northern kingdom until he dies. But it says that Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And again, this is not going to be one of those sayings that we hear as often as he did evil. But Asa started off well. For the first 10 years of his reign, Asa's reign, there was relative peace and prosperity. All because he led a a religious reformation, if you will. To where he saw all the stuff that was going on, all the bad and evil things that were happening. And he decided that he was going to come and clean up shop. He was going to turn things around. He was going to do things different. He wasn't going to do what his grandfather did, what his, what his great-grandfather did, and what you know all these guys did. He was going to change. And I love this portion because oftentimes we come to the Lord or we want to change, but we're going, but I can't change because that's my family history. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. This guy, his whole family was doing what was evil. His own grandmother was setting up obscene things within the, 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 the king's house. And yet, he decides, I'm going to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. And it took some guts to be able to do that. It says that he banished the perverted persons from the land, which means that he got rid of the male prostitutes, the sodomites, that were in the temple and doing their religious duties, if you will. He began to come in and clean up house and he tore down the images and the idols. And he also got rid of his grandmother. (laughs) They'd be mad. That must be tough when grandma's going, oh no you don't, little whippersnapper. And it's like, get out. Get out. Because she had made an obscene image of Ashereth, which was like a fertility goddess. More than likely, it was a wooden image because he, he, he took it down and he burned it. But this is how serious he was. This reformation that was taking place in his kingdom and he decided enough is enough. We have to change things. And again, when we come to the Lord and all of a sudden God is convicting our hearts about certain things that are in our lives that we have to take out of the way. And it's not because He's a mean God. It's like, now you've got to get rid of everything. It's because these things will, will draw you back and away from the Lord that He says, these things need to be 
chucked out of your life. They're not good for you anymore. I don't, I don't care how many generations of, of family you've had that has been stuck in this routine. Change it. You see, here we see that this is possible. Man, we have the Holy Spirit of God in our lives that has come in to change us. And things can happen like that. But we have to be willing to stand up even to our grandmothers. Even to the closest people in our lives to say, we can't do that anymore. We're not going to go that road. And I know that some people are like, well, you kind of got to start getting a little legalistic. It's like sometimes you got you to gotta just paint, paint the line and don't cross it. And if, that's, if, they, if people call you legalistic, then so be it. But you have to stick to your guns. Here in this situation, can you imagine for all these generations, for these last two generations of people that have been stuck in this whole thing that he decides to do something different because he wants to walk right with the Lord. And he even removes his grandmother. But it says in verse 14, but the high places were not removed. The high places were those places where people would go and and worship other gods. They would set up their images and their idols there. And it was a place that would just continue to draw people back to that place. Now in first or second chronicles it tells us that he got rid of all the high places, but he didn't get rid of all of them. Because people kept going back to them, and it caused people to stumble. And I believe that even if he would have got rid of all of them, the people probably would have found a way to build them back up because that's what people do. But I love this next part. It says, nevertheless, Asa's heart was loyal to the Lord all his days. Loyal, his heart was loyal. It was during this time it was during this time that there was a prophet that God sent to Asa to encourage him. And this is in First or Second Chronicles 15, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went to meet Asa, and he said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, it was during this time that there was battles that were going on that he had even won. When he was totally outnumbered with with the battle that he got into with the king of Ethiopia. It was during that time that he was seeking the Lord and he found favor in the sight of the Lord and his heart was loyal to to the Lord that he was asking for direction and getting direction from the Lord that the Lord said, here, let me send you this prophet to confirm that what you're doing is right. As long as you stay, stay with me, I will be with you. But if you forsake you, I will take my hand off of you. And it was during that time that some from the northern kingdom from Simeon and from Ephraim and from Manasseh, that they came down and they joined the southern kingdom because they saw that God was working down there. They were still under the rule of, of, of uh, Jeroboam and some of the other kings that continued to do evil, but they saw that Asa, something was going on down there and they were willing to cross the line. They were willing to leave their northern kingdom, their family, their friends, their, their lands, and come down and be a part of the southern kingdom. And that is what Jeroboam was afraid of in the first place. When he started building these things up there, he's like, I don't want them to go to Jerusalem because if they go to Jerusalem, they're going to leave me. And it happened anyways. That they saw what God was doing because God was blessing these, this man that was doing right in God's eyes. So it was that, that Asa prospered in all that he did because he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And yet there was battles. There was battles that came before him. It wasn't always easy. There was battles. He was outnumbered three to one, basically, by the Ethiopians. And God showed up. 
And God won that battle for them. Because he said, I will go before you. I will come up behind you. I will surround them. I will, I will give you those victories. Again, there's a lot to be said when there is consistency in the Lord. And doing what is right in the sight of the Lord, there's, there's something to be said about that, that there will be peace and prosperity for sure. Oh, there will be battles from within and from without. But the peace that comes with that, the prosperity, and I'm not talking about financial, I'm just saying that you're going to succeed in life. You're going to be able to to move forward. You're going to be able to prosper. You're not going to get defeated all the time. You're going to be able to stand and take ground for the kingdom of heaven. There has to be this consistency. It says in verse 16, Now there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. And Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah that he might let not let none go out or come in to Asa king of Judah then Asa took all the silver and gold that was left in the treasury of the house of the Lord and the treasury of the house of the king's house and delivered them into the hand of his servants and King Asa said, sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tibramum, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a, tre- a treaty between you and me, as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. Come and break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel, the northern kingdom. He attacked Ijon, Dan, Abel-Beth-Maacah, and Sinareth, with all the land of Naphtali. Now it happened when Basha heard it that he stopped building Ramah and remained in Tirzah. When King Asa saw, or made, then King Asa made a proclamation throughout all, the, all Judah, none were exempted, and they took away the stones and timber of Ramah which Basha had used for building. And with them King Asa built Geba and Benjamin and Mizpah and the rest of the acts of Asa and his might all that he did the cities which he built are they not written in the book of the chronicle of the kings of Judah but in the time of his old age he was displeased he was diseased in his feet So Asa rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. Then Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. What we see in these verses is that Asa began to do things in his own strength. He knew what the Lord was capable of doing. He had seen him in the past come through with him with big armies, with small armies, with people that, that, that outnumbered him three to one. He saw God come through. But what we don't see here is the Lord mentioned very often <laughs> at all. It says that there was war between Asa and Basha. Basha was the third king of the northern kingdom. We skipped the, the second king, but we'll see him in a bit. We'll read about him. Because Asa reigned for so long, as I said earlier, he would see seven different kings from the northern kingdom. The second king didn't reign that long. And, and, and so I'm sure Asa dealt with him, but not a lot. He didn't do much battle with him. 
the mistake that Asa makes here is a mistake that we often make as well. Is that we begin to take for granted that God will always see us through a battle. Now, don't get me wrong. God always sees us through battles. Whether we win a battle or lose a battle, He sees us through it. But Asa says, took it for granted and he began to do things in his own strength in the fact that he did not even acknowledge him. Asa began to take the silver and the gold that was left in the house of the Lord. And he also took the silver and the gold that was in the king's house. And he says, let's make a treaty to the king of Syria. Help me fight this battle with Basha, who is the king of the northern kingdom. And all of a sudden, because he takes his eyes off the Lord, he says, well, let me just make treaties. Let me just start doing stuff in the flesh. Let me see how that turns out. It says in 2 Chronicles 16, 7 through 10, as as he begins to do this stuff here, 2 Chronicles 16, 7, it says, And at that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was enraged enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. One of the things that we see about Asa here is that he started off well. For the first 10 years, he was relying on the Lord. He was trusting in the Lord. He was seeking the Lord. And as the years went on, there was times that it was give and take in the Lord. And, but he saw the Lord's hand upon him. And for many years, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And then there came a time that he began to do stuff in his own strength. And isn't that typical of us as times when we get so comfortable in what we know? Thinking that, that God will always see us through and God's going, you need to acknowledge me. I'm going to let you go through some hard times until you really just humble yourself to me. There comes a time when we trust in our own strength. And we see here that the Lord cared enough to put someone in the life of Asa, to bring him back on track, to say, hey, bro, let me warn you of the direction that you're going. But he got mad instead. It says in 2 Chronicles 16, 11 through 13, note that the acts of Asa, 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 first and last, are indeed written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his melee was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So Asa rested with his fathers and died in the 41st year of his reign. He became embittered with the Lord because it didn't go his way. He got upset when someone tried to say, hey man, let's just put you back on track. He got upset with the guy, with the messenger. But in reality, he became upset with God. For whatever reason, he's going, things are breaking down in my life, in my body, things aren't going the the way they should anymore, and maybe you're the one to blame, God. And instead of seeking God for all of these things, it says that he began to seek the physicians instead. Now, I don't see anything wrong with that except for the fact 
here in this case, that he relied on them and not the Lord for, any, for everything. You see, it's not always the way we start the race. It's how, how, how are we going to finish the race? It's a long race, guys. There's a lot of battles. Oh, there's a lot of victories. And there should be more victories than battles. But nonetheless, there are battles, and there are heartaches, and there is pain, and there is sorrow, and it sucks big time in our lives. But are we going to be like Asa, who starts off well, and at the end, shaking our fist towards God, going, you're not fair anymore, because it didn't go the way I thought it would. When we think that we can begin handling things in our own strength, And we think that it's not important to seek the Lord and get him involved even in our smallest matters because he wants to know all our matters, everything, guys. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Verse 25 of our text. Now Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel in the second year of Asa, king of Judah. And he reigned over Israel two years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father. And in his sin by which he made Israel sin. And Basha, the son of Ahijah, of the house of Issachar, conspired against him. And Basha killed him at Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines. While Nadab and all Israel lay siege of Gibbethon, Basha killed him in the third year of Asa, king of Judah and reigned in his place. And so it was when he became king that he killed all the house of Jeroboam and did not leave to Jeroboam anyone that that breathed until he had destroyed them according to the word which the Lord, the, the word of the Lord which he had spoken by his servant Ahijah the the Shilonite, Shilonite, because of the sin of Jeroboam, which he had sinned, and by which he made Israel sin, because of his provocation which with which he had provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the King, Kings of Israel? And there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all the days, all their days. In the third year of Asa, king of Judah, Basha, the son of Ahijah, became king over all Israel in Tirzah, and he reigned 24 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the way of Jeroboam. And in his sins by which he made all he made Israel sin. So now again the the, the narrative kind of changed here in that we, we ran into the second king, but we also got a hold of the third king who killed the second king from the northern kingdom. He only reigned two years, the second king, Nadab, who was the son of Jeroboam. And Basha, again, the dynasty starts or started with, with Jeroboam but ended with Nadab, only two. And he comes and he kills him. And it says not only that, but he also killed the whole house of Jeroboam. And he did not leave anyone to breathe. And, and it went back to what we, we looked at in chapter 14, verses 10 to 14, where it says, Therefore, behold, I will bring disaster upon the house of Jeroboam. And I will cut off Jeroboam, uh, cut off from Jeroboam every male in Israel, bound and free. Everyone, uh, I will take away the remnant of the house of Jeroboam, and I will take uh, as he takes away refuge until it is all gone, and the dogs shall eat Jeroboam, uh, 
and, and his sons and the birds and all that stuff. So, so it comes to pass. All of Jeroboam's family is annihilated because God said, because you have sinned and because Jeroboam, and we will hear this throughout the kings of the northern kingdom, and they did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jeroboam. Jeroboam will be synonymous with the sin of the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom. All because of pride. All because of non-repentance. All because they continued to worship other things except the Lord God. God had promised Jeroboam, you seek me, I will make you a great, a great man and a great kingdom. But you turn against me and I will destroy you. It goes on and on like this throughout the kings. It's a good, good study for us. It really is, guys. Guys, we are living in the age of grace, and thank God for that. But we are told in Galatians chapter 6, do not be mocked, or God is not mocked. Do not deceive yourself, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. If you reap of the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will of the Spirit reap eternal life. That's the way it always goes, peeps. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you and praise you, Lord, for your word, Lord. It is true. It doesn't mince words, Lord. It doesn't sugarcoat anything, Father. Lord, we are grateful for the age of grace, Lord. But Lord, we do not want to presume on your grace. Lord, your grace that you pour upon us lavishly should lead us to repentance all the time, Lord. Lord, you are our advocate. You are our propitiation. We understand that totally, Lord. And you fight for, for us all the time, Lord. We understand that. But please, Lord, let us never take advantage of your grace. And when we do, <laughs> help us to turn. Help us to repent, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves. Help us to understand that these stories that you give us through your word, through the Old Testament or the New Testament, are for our good. So, so that we can learn from the mistakes of, of those in the past, Lord. Because if we don't learn from the, the, the past, we will continue to do the same thing. Lord. And so, Father, please help us in our walks with you, Lord that we would be consistent in doing what is right in your sight, Lord. Please help us, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand for this last song. <clears throat>